Welcome, my true crime roadies. I'm your host, Angela Baum, along with my husband, Larry, and this is Trucking True Crime Podcast, a true crime show where we focus on true crime stories that happen within the trucking industry. But don't worry, you don't need to know anything about the trucking industry to listen and enjoy the show. You just need to be a fan of true crime. And if that's you, then welcome inside. As a reminder, if you'd like to learn more about our life over the road as team truck drivers, you can listen to our other podcast, Married to the Road, where we share our lives over the road and stories along the way with our three furry dogs. As a reminder, our podcast discusses true crimes and murders. This is not a show for the faint of heart, and this is not intended for young audiences. If you like your podcast ad-free, then head over to our Patreon, located at patreon.com slash Podcast, where for just a dollar a whole month, your episodes are ad-free. And if you need more episodes in your life, then for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode each month, all your episodes are ad-free, and you get a 10% discount on all of our Trekking True Crime Podcast merchandise. Plus, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all of our episodes ad-free. So please be sure to stop by our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast and sign up today. Have you ever been interested about what all it takes to be a truck driver out here? delivering the goods all across America? Or more importantly, what is it like being a team trucker out here with your significant other 24 hours a day in a small confined space, working together, eating together, sleeping together, you name it. If you've ever been curious about the trucking industry, please listen to Larry and I's other podcast, Married to the Road. Again, that's Married, the number two, the road. Please be sure to give it a listen today and don't forget to hit that follow button. Welcome in my trekking true crime podcast lovers. So glad to have you guys back. So sorry that the podcast is going out a day late. Larry and I got home late, late last night and we are preparing to go to the Mid-America Truck Show this week. So we've been busy packing and doing laundry and cleaning house and all the fun thing that truck drivers do when they go home. If you guys have never listened to our podcast before, my name's Angie. I am an over-the-road truck driver and I drive with my husband, Larry. We are team drivers. Larry's not going to be on this episode today. Like I said earlier, it's just going to be me. But welcome in. We're so glad to have you. Um, If you've never listened to this particular podcast before, it's all about true crime that happens within the trekking industry. Sometimes the truckers are the victims and sometimes they are the killers. But it's always an interesting story every week. And be sure to check out our website, which is truckingtruecrimepodcast.com, where I put up photos for every uh, episode that we do so you can kind of see the people who are involved in the story. Or you can also find us on our Instagram page as well, Trekking True 
True Crime Podcast. And we want to remind you also, don't forget about our Patreon. Um, Please be sure to visit our Patreon page where you can listen to ad-free episodes. Also get discounting on merchandise, get bonus episodes, and VIP uh, chat session with Larry and I once a month. So it's a really great way to help support Larry and I. So this is a case that actually came to me one day as I was driving my truck. I was driving down the road and one of those pop-up notifications came up to the top of my phone saying, quote, truck driver found guilty of murdering his wife and her lover or something along those lines. And it was actually from CDL Life. And I was I was like, ooh, okay, this sounds kind of interesting. It kind of got me intrigued. The bad thing is I still had 15 minutes left to drive to the nearest rest area. So I couldn't just click on the link and read the story. And so I sat there for like 15 minutes, you know, okay, what would cause somebody to kill their wife and kill their wife's boyfriend? Of course, the obvious thing that came to my mind is this is probably a cheating situation. I'm sure that's probably what you guys thought too. But I had 15 minutes sitting there waiting until I got to the rest area so I couldn't help. So anyway, I finally pull into the rest area and I was able to read the breaking news story and find out exactly what had happened and get all the information. So I'm going to share the story with you. So Jordi was a Bosnian refugee who left his war-torn country in his early childhood and came with his parents and his brother and sister over to America for a chance at a better life. Uh, Jordy's parents worked really hard to, to, pro- to try to provide him a very normal childhood because they really wanted him to have the American dream, something they didn't have themselves growing up in Bosnia because they were constantly having war. So Jordy began to live the American dream uh, after he graduated high school by marrying his high school sweetheart. Her name was Adriana Perez. Shortly afterwards, Adriana and Jordy wound up having a few children. They had two daughters and a son, and for all intents and purposes, everything seemed to be going so well with these two, living, you know, just like any newlyweds with children would be. While he wound up getting a job, it was his dream job of becoming a long-haul, over-the-road trucker. They began living out their American dream in their gorgeous suburban neighborhood. But all that changed on October 2nd, 2018. It was on that day that Bosnian Jordi Hussein Sojoinovic was going about his nightly routine doing his usual deliveries. He was a um, <clears throat> driver that was out regionally, so he'd be out like four or five days at a time and then usually come home for like two days throughout the week. So he was gone throughout the week. So a few weeks prior, Jordi started getting a suspicion that maybe his wife Adriana Uh, was cheating on him. He just started, he couldn't really put a finger on it, but he just started having, you know, that feeling like, you know, hey, I try to call her and half the time she's not answering her phone. She's really hard to get a hold of. And then, you know, he just, he just had that feeling. He began to see like on the weekends when he'd come home that she seemed very distracted whenever they were together. Um, She always seemed to be texting on her phone and trying to hide her phone from him because she didn't want him to see the phone. And so he, she was just giving him all those suspicions. So it was one of the things that he began noticing every time that he was home after he came off the road. So he decided that maybe it was time for him to do some shopping. 
So Jordy decided on one of his weekends off that he was going to go to the local electronics store and buy some surveillance equipment that he was going to put throughout his house without his wife knowing about it. So this one particular day, he knew that his kids and his wife were going out. They were supposed to be going to a birthday party at a family member's house. And so he figured that this was like the perfect opportunity to go through his home and outfit it with cameras so that while he was over the road, he could keep an eye on Adriana and his family and try to see if she really was cheating on him. Excuse me. So on this particular night, after he'd already had the cameras installed and he'd been kind of checking them for a few weeks and never really saw something. So this particular night, he just had a feeling like, you know, I just have a feeling Adriana's up to something. So he started to look at his cameras to see if anything was happening on his phone or I'm sorry, at his home. As he suspected um, there on the camera, he saw his wife, Adriana, in a very adulterous situation with who we soon know is her boyfriend. And his name was Amar Santa Maria Ruiz. Jordy was angered to say the very least. He was seeing red. He didn't know what to do. He was supposed to finish out his job for the night, but he just, he had the overwhelming urge that he had to turn around and go home. So he was a couple hours away from the house. So he turned around and he went home totally angered and outraged at the fact that the mother of his children and his wife was cheating on him. So he went back to the house in the hopes of being able to confront both of them. So angered and full of rage, Jordy ran into the master bedroom. There is where he found both of them still in bed. After a much heated argument amongst the three of them, Jordy wound up somehow chasing the two of them into the master bedroom closet. This is where Jordy supposedly made them kneel down and beg for their lives. When that didn't work, he wound up shooting both of them in the master bedroom closet. Shortly after he wound up shooting them, the noise of the shots being fired actually woke up Jordy's children in his house. On that particular night, his two daughters was there. His 21-year-old son, Jordy Jr., and Jordy's girlfriend were all in the house on that particular night. So the kids woke up to this horrific scene, seeing their mother in the master bedroom closet shot to death next to some strange man that they had never seen before. To say the kids were horrified is an understatement. I could not even imagine when I was doing the research and I was listening to this because I believe his daughters were like 13 and 16 and his son was 21 and then his son's girlfriend was 17. So these are all teenagers sound asleep three o'clock in the morning and they get woke up to gunshots only to walk into the master bedroom and see that dad just shot mom. So I can't even imagine how horrifically this has affected these kids up until today so not knowing what to do at this point because obviously Jordy reacted out of anger and he didn't really have a pan a plan in place he really didn't know what to do but he knew that he needed to cover up the crime so what did he do he decided that he was going to enlist the help of his 21 year old son Jordy Jr. Both Jordys began by tarping up the bodies and taping them up for transport Without really having a plan in place on where they were going to dump the two bodies, the two Geordies began driving around Texas and Louisiana aimlessly, trying to find a place where they could dump these bodies. Finally, when they were in Louisiana, they wound up finding two different locations that were very swampy, and they figured that if they uh, took the bodies deep into the swamps, they wouldn't be discovered. So they wound up dumping both the bodies in Louisiana swamps. 
now going back home with his children and his son's daughter he did or sorry son's girlfriend he didn't know what he was going to do like i said he didn't have a plan in place so jordy senior decided that he was quickly going to sell his home so he enlisted his home and wound up having one of his friends actually purchase his home i think they said he was able to put his house on the market and sell it within a week and a half it was pretty quickly so he wound up putting his house on the market selling his house and then taking his children and his daughter and they went to mexico city because in Mexico City, he had family there. So they went to Mexico City to try to hide out from the police and hopefully to try to start over. As he was there for those few months trying to figure out what he should do, he decided that probably the best thing they do, should do is to go to Bosnia because that's where he was from. And so he figured, you know, somehow I've got to get my kids and myself into Bosnia before they wind up finding the bodies. So the trip to Bosnia was going to be a three-part trip because of all the different um, states that they were going to be flying through. So on the first layover from Texas to London, they made it through. But by the time they got into London, Jordy and his family were detained as soon as they got into London, as soon as they got off the plane. It was at that point that he learned that the FBI had found the two bodies in Louisiana. And now there was a warrant out for him for the two bodies. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Jordy and his family were all extradited back to Houston, Texas by the FBI to face charges. The police had found both of the bodies that he had hidden in Louisiana swamps and had turned the case over to the FBI for prosecution. During the FBI investigation, they soon realized that Jordy Jr. had helped his father cover up the murders and then also disposing of the bodies. Therefore, they decided to charge Jordy Jr. as well. The FBI met with the younger Jordy Jr. and they decided to offer him a plea deal. The plea deal could help shorten his sentence if he decided to take it. They figured that if they could try to turn Jordy Jr. and get him to testify about how his father forced him to cover up the murders and also dispose of the bodies. Originally, they were going to charge Jordy Jr. with murder in the first degree. But they decided to reduce this to tampering with evidence. With this new charge, Jordy Jr. would only have to serve five years in jail as long as he agreed to testify against his father. Being young and at the advice of counsel and realizing that they had made him the deal of the century, Jordy Jr. quickly accepted the plea deal and agreed to testify against his father. So from everything I had done as far as research, it looked like before this arrest, Jordy Jr. had never been in any type of legal trouble whatsoever. So I'm sure that when the, <clears throat> the FBI and the district attorney's office looked at this, they were like, you know, this kid's never been in trouble until his father forced him to do this and I'm sure that it had to be incredibly hard to testify against your own father I mean I know that his father killed his mother but still that would be so hard that's like a really awkward position to be in so while preparing for trial against Jordy senior the FBI wound up finding out that Jordy had been extremely abusive to his wife over the years this proved to be a well-known fact to both family members as well as the local police and even the neighbors in their neighborhood. The police said that they had been called many times to their house over the years for domestic disputes. Some of the calls were just simple verbal altercations. There was one occasion, though, that Adriana appeared to have a black eye. 
Police tried to counsel her and tried to get her to press charges against Jordy so that they could finally make an arrest. But Adriana did refuse to press charges. So it did look like in my research that Jordy had had eight to nine domestic abuse calls by the police out to their house. But none of those calls ever wound up winding where Jordy got arrested. So I don't know if they didn't have enough evidence to try to pursue charges or if it was a simple fact that Adriana just didn't want to press charges. Many of the neighbors and family members that had spoken to the press felt that poor Adriana, who was an illegal alien, felt completely trapped in her marriage. She could not hold down a job since she was not an American citizen. She had no driver's license, no savings account, no bank account, no means to try and support her kids. She felt trapped like there was no way out for her. So when Jordy started to take longer runs over the road, that is when Adriana met her boyfriend, Omar, and they soon began texting and speaking daily over the phone. I saw in one of the interviews where Adriana had confided to her friend that her relationship with Omar, he was treating her respectfully. He was treating her like she had never been treated before. And I think that's what the attraction was. She was getting something with Omar that she wasn't with Jordy. And so I guess this particular friend said that she had advised, you know, Adriana that, you know, if Jordy finds out about this, he's not going to be happy. And she tried to discourage Adriana from seeing Omar, but we know how that turned out. <clears throat> so unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't end. Um, but anyway, eventually after a few months of them just talking and texting over the phone, they eventually met in person for the first time. And this is how their affair began. So for the next few months, they would sneak off to hotels or to Omar's apartment to try to see each other. Um, she never wanted to ever see him at their own house just in case the neighbors were to tell people. So she, she did try to, I guess, try to be pretty discreet with it. The entire time they were never thinking, either one of them, that possibly Jordy was on to the two of them. But it wasn't until that fateful night on October 2nd that changed everything. So Jordy's trial only lasted eight days and the juries did not have to deliberate too long before coming to a verdict of guilty. Jordy Hussein Savolnovich was found guilty of capital murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The district attorney, Kim Ogg, stated, quote, this man killed two people, including the mother of his children. Then he tried to flee and escape responsibility. We know domestic violence can, escape, can escalate to murder, and that's why it is so important to seek justice for the victims in cases like this. So it's, it's a very, very sad story. It's a sad ending, sad that it had to end that way. But as I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, if you ever feel as you're in a domestic violence situation, please be sure to call the domestic abuse hotline number. I'm going to give that information to you again. It's 1-800-799-7233. Again, 1-800-799-SAFE. By calling this number, they have crisis intervention, domestic violence education, uh, they can connect you to local shelters, and they can also help provide legal services, economic services, sexual assault, elder abuse, and other children-related services. So if you find yourself in a domestic abuse situation, please call the hotline number and get help today.
Again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to our Trekking True Crime podcast. Please be sure to hit the follow button so that you're notified every time we put out a new podcast. Don't forget to check out our Patreon so you can help support Larry and I by getting an ad-free podcast and also getting a chance to get a 10 to 20% discount on your merchandise and get bonus episodes every month. Woo-hoo! Win-win! And don't forget, if you can't get enough Larry and I, you can also listen to our other podcast, Married to the Road, the number two. And don't forget, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, Larry and I have our very own radio station on TNC Radio called Tail Lights with the Bombs. Uh, this Wednesday, we're actually going to be uh, doing our show from the Mid-America Truck Show. So we're going to be live at the Mid-America Truck Show, talking to different truckers and different people that are going to be there. So... Be sure to listen in. And last but not least, please be sure to like, share, and follow. We really, truly appreciate it. To all my truckers out there, keep your eyes on the road and your ears on us. And be safe, everybody. If you're enjoying our podcast and you need just a little bit more Angie and Larry time, then we encourage you to listen to our weekly radio show. That's right. We have a weekly radio show. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern, you can listen to our radio show, Taillights with the Bombs. It's on tncradio.live. You can listen to us live every week on your phone or your computer by going to tncradio.live or downloading the TNC Radio app. Every week, Larry and I sit down and we interview truckers and people in the trekking industry who share their stories from over the road. So be sure to join us this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central at tncradio.live for Taillights with the Bombs. Thank you so much, my true crime roadies, for giving our podcast a listen. We really appreciate you listening to our Trucking True Crime podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to visit our Instagram page or our TikTok page, also Trucking True Crime podcast. And don't forget that you can visit our Facebook page as well. Again, Trucking True Crime podcast. Be sure to like, share, and follow, and be sure to share out our podcast to all your friends. We'll be back here next week with another great episode. Thank you so much, my true crime roadies. Be safe out there. Music.